What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Exceeding While Black. I'm super excited about this specific episode and the episodes that are going to come after this episode because it is the start of therapy in the Black community, y'all. Um, and I'm forever grateful for the men that have decided to share their story and to share their experience when it comes to therapy and why they think therapy is important for other Black men to receive or to seek. It's going to be amazing, y'all. The stories that are going to be shared, the experiences, the benefits, you know, the ups ups and downs um, in joining therapy and what it actually means to them. I'm I'm just really excited about this and my the first person that I thought of to be up here and to share his story is a dear dear friend of mine. He has gone through the worst thing that you could ever imagine going through, you know, when it comes to losing a parent and the toll it has on you as an individual. So I'm very grateful for him to be up here and to share his and to share his experience um, with us. And I hope that you guys gain something or at least start to become curious and want to know more and just want to heal the part of you that needs healing, you know, as men not to say that, you know, I'm a man because obviously I'm not, <laughs> but, you know, as men, society has put this place on you to where it's like, you're not allowed to share your emotions or you're not allowed to cry or, you know, you're the provider, you're the strong one, you're supposed to keep going no matter what life throws at you. And that is just not true. That's not fair. Um, me being a woman saying that that is not fair. That is not fair. And I want more black men to express themselves and be vulnerable and to unpack what they have been holding in. And I want women to gain from this the ability to allow their man to unpack to them. You know, um, throughout these interviews, I speak with Dr. Curtis and we talk about unpacking and we talk about the emotional roller coaster. And the women that won't allow their men to unpack. So again, before I give y'all too much, because I'm going to go in. <laughs> before I give y'all too much, I'm just really, really excited about the these interviews. And I really hope that, I really hope that y'all seek therapy. You know, like I said, I'm still on my journey of finding the right therapist for myself. But I really do think that it's something that we all need. So here we go. And I'm so, so, so grateful to have my friend, my love, <laughs> Haji. What's up, man? Good evening. Hey there. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> you like the way I answer the phone, why, you know what why, I'm saying? Why, why I'm splendid. <laughs> Hi, G. What's up? What's up, Jesse? Jazz, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. First off, how was your holiday? How was everything? It was cool. It was cool. I went to like a little Friendsgiving. Uh, we played some drinking games. We played this game called, uh, I think it's like Hood Passport or something like that. It's like black it's trivia. It's, it was pretty cool. It asked me what, who the founder of the Crips was, and I knew the, uh, I knew the answer. <laughs> Who, who's the founder of the thing? Uh, uh, I believe his. I think his last name is like Johnson or something like that, or something like that. Oh. Yeah, Orlando Johnson or something like that. Yeah, but anyway, anywho, outside of gangbanging politics, <laughs> it was good. Outside, outside of that, yeah, it was it, it was cool. How was yours? Um, it was pretty, pretty good, to be honest. Um, I spent time with my mom and my sister and my nephew. Um, okay. His birthday, his birthday actually was 
it was the 22nd, but when he was born, mm. his birthday was actually on Thanksgiving. So it was just really, really weird how that played out, how it wasn't on Thanksgiving this year. It was, right. like, it was just really weird. So I was just like, wow. But um, it was really good. Um, had that little family time, laughed, joked, um, catch up hey. on a few, few um, shows. But mostly I worked, to be honest, to be like, I worked. But I'm not going to lie to you, my work can be fun. So I'm not really, I don't really, I don't really get upset when people send me like gigs or send me jobs. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have work to do. I got to (laughs) go. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's mostly how I am. But yeah, other than that though, it was good. It was good. But you see how you skedaddled off of the trivia for the gang? And you know what I was about to ask you was, how do you know that though? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I, I grew up watching, like, my pops used to watch a whole lot of, like, Gangland, like, True TV, First 48, this, that, and the third. So, like, yeah, as soon as I heard the name, I was like, oh, it's that. And they were like, how do you know that? <laughs> I was like, hey, man. Oh, no, I think it's Raymond Washington. That's what, yeah, I think it's Raymond Washington. Yeah, that's that's what it was. That's what it was. Yep. So, yeah, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm familiar with that name. <laughs> See, and then people like me would be like, now, how do you know that? <laughs> Let's talk. Like, go Let's on. Talk. Let's talk. We got to talk, talk real about quick. this. <laughs> Let's go. <Yeah>, Let's <laughs> uh, But no. Um, so I'm glad you had a. I'm glad you had a great holiday. Now, yeah. of course, this. This is a project that I'm very, 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 very passionate about, um, mm-hmm. you know, therapy in the Black community, because I do feel like it's needed. I do feel mm-hmm. like, especially when it's pertaining to the Black men, um, I feel like it's it's needed more so because we do have that um, off balance of you know, if a little girl gets hurt, a little girl falls, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, everybody runs to her, you know, and they're like, oh my God, right. are you okay? Blah, you know? And then we have that a little boy falling, you know, or something happens to, you know, a young man or whatever, and it's just like, oh, you'd be all right. Right, yeah. be a man. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, be tough. <laughs> to get to it. Exactly. Yeah, big boys so. don't cry. Right, exactly. And I, I kind of wanted to dabble into that because. I didn't want my my platform or my podcast to um, subtract, you know, the men because mm-hmm. my podcast is about all black all black people, women, mm-hmm. men. You know, what I'm saying transgender. Why are you playing? Right. Like, all black people. Like right. so. The whole diaspora. Just, exactly. So I really just want to dig deep and get into it, and so. Why not start with you? You know what I'm saying. Hey. So what made you? What made you start therapy? Okay, so um, it see the thing is um, the tricky thing about mental health is um, you don't you can't really tell all the time what triggers uh, certain episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I just so happen to particularly be going through an episode particularly. Um, in my life around 20, I want to say 2018, um, early 2018. And, uh, I was in a relationship and, um, things were, things were kind of like tumultuous in that. Um, also home life was a little tumultuous and things of that nature. And I, I was just very like, um, I was in a, I was in a gray, a gray area. It was, I was in a very undefined place. I didn't really Mm -hmm. feel in tune with myself. I didn't feel um, like I could tap into my energy. um, Like I, like I wanted to, Um, I started studying this thing called um, human design that basically describes uh, energy types and things of that nature. And now that I know I'm a generator, um, I know that I have this abundance of energy and I always naturally feel like I have, uh, an abundance for en- of energy for particular things. At that time, I felt so burnt out and mm-hmm. just kind of like spent, and I didn't know mm-hmm. why. Um, and that kind of manifested into depression and um, also having a little bit of an anxiety um, um, in in the relationship that I was in, and it caused me to end the relationship. 
mm-hmm. um, because I felt like I wasn't um, fit mentally um, and capable to do so. And so I kind of tried to tackle my depression by myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't really, it wasn't really working because I wasn't able to um, implement strategies or activities that was kind of taking my mind off the depression. It was more so like just kind of living every day, trying to like, hope it kind of went away on its own essentially. Right. Um, and then it got to the point where my people around me and things of that nature were so um, not so much affected more than they were just like aware of it that, you know, my dad especially was like, yeah, you need to go, you need to go get help. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of pressed me about it one weekend and I was just like, all right, whatever. And um, <laughs> so I, I started looking. Yeah. I, I was just like, whatever, I'll do it, whatever. Um, Cause nothing else was working. And so then I um, went and sought a therapist and something that was important for me, I, um, I think like, I kind of think in, in, in terms of like balances and things of that nature. I know I'm a man and uh, I'm, a, I'm a black man specifically. And so I was like, I need, for me, I felt like I needed a black female therapist to kind mm-hmm. of balance the energy um, with what I was going through and kind of, um, somebody I feel like that would be empathetic, especially with the relationship woes that I was having at the time, um, that would understand and be able to like see see that perspective on the other side, but also be unbiased. So I was mm-hmm. like, um, I was like, I'm seeking a black female therapist. I ended up finding one, um, and she was great. Um, and and that's what caused me to to seek the therapy. I felt like I didn't have any other strategies or nothing else was working, um, and I just didn't know how to tackle it. So it wasn't, so you would say that it wasn't difficult for you to find a therapist? Because I know, like, you know, nowadays it's difficult for somebody to find the right therapist. And I spoke Mm -hmm. to this therapist, Dr. Curtis, and he was basically letting me know that, like, finding a therapist is like dating. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you got to date around until you find the right one, one that actually suits you. Because Mm -hmm. I know it took him a while, you know, before he became a therapist, he was in therapy you know, um, for certain things. And I know he was saying that it took him a while to really find that right one, you know, mm-hmm. and then realizing that he was actually the right one, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was, like a, that was a cool story to realize. But so you would say like your first um, encounter with the therapist, like you realized that that was, that was the, that was the one for you. She was the therapist for you. Yeah, she was great. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, it was new territory for me, so I was like, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. Um, and plus, at the time, I was actually depressed, like seriously depressed. So I was like, man, I really hope this works out because I don't want to have to search for another one. And it yeah. was like, it just so happened that the energies aligned. And I was just like, you know what? This is where I'm supposed to be. Like, you know, I, I felt at home um, uh, with my therapist. Her, her name is um, Dr. Alyssa Sanders. Uh, mm-hmm. she's great. She's awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I felt really at home with, with that, with that, uh, situation. So that felt great. Um, when I actually tried to get therapy again at a later date, I ended up going to somebody else's office and I actually experienced, uh, one of those, one of those, uh, moments where I was like, oh, this isn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. so that's definitely true for sure. Everybody's not going to be the right fit. Um, uh, therapy is not one size fits all. Um, whatsoever so yeah for sure well I'm glad that that worked out for you during that time because that was obviously Mm -hmm. something that you really needed in that time Um, but do you believe that if your dad didn't suggest therapy or try to you know push you towards therapy that you would have even you know seeked it or that you even thought about it I think it would have took me longer I think it would have took me a longer time um I I was kind of acting on certain catalysts to inspire me to make action at the time. Mm. Um, and if anybody's known me, I'm I'm kind of I'm like boom 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 I'm like firecracker. I'm like boom 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 here 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 this this this. I've always been the source of like you know movement or being able to do stuff or whatever the case. But at that time, I I literally I just didn't have it. Um, mm-hmm. So my dad kind of worked as that catalyst, and I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I, yeah. I have no other options right now, really. I'm not really seeing any results from just living day to day. So I was just like, let me just go for it. And um, ended up working out for sure. 
And so you're not currently in therapy right now, right? Uh, not currently, no. But okay. I will be going back. <laughs> Absolutely. I will be going yes, back. Yes, I love that for you. So how long Absolutely. were you in therapy um, back then? You said you started in 2018. How long were you in therapy then? The first time I started therapy, I want to say it was, um, I want to say I started at the end of 2018 into 2019. I want to say that I was going to therapy probably three months, like mm-hmm. three, three, three and a half months straight. Um, yeah, like three or three and a half months straight. But it was, a, it was a really, it was a really pivotal time. Um mm-hmm. And it and it definitely helped for sure. So, what were some of the benefits for therapy for you? Um, in the, the best case of you know being you you know depressed and mm-hmm. just being in that that situation in that environment, what 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 were the benefits of therapy for you? Uh, the well, the first the first thing um, is is being able to communicate with somebody who uh, is unbiased and doesn't know you. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it's I feel like it's actually it's funny I actually have a, um, a lyric in a song that I wrote, um, and I was talking about how my friends were my therapists and they kind of got sick of being my therapist and it wasn't necessarily my friends saying they didn't want to listen to me anymore but I could kind of tell it was taking a toll on them like man I I just don't know what to do for you like I'm trying you know I'm here I'm listening I'm you know it's just trying to be. Uh, the best they could at the time. And I just realized, yo, like I have to speak to somebody who doesn't know me um, and doesn't have a particular opinion on me where they feel like um, they're making suggestions based off what they think I need rather than what they know I need, you know? So it, it was super important. You know, I think we all have those friends that are just like, Oh, come on, let's just go out. We're going to turn up, you know, it's like, nah, it's like, it's like, bro, like I can't turn up through this, you know, this, this isn't, (laughs) <laughs> this isn't it. I know you love turn up me, but like turn up me does not exist in this capacity right now. So I yeah. need somebody who is is looking at me like a blank slate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want them to base their answers off of um, a previous notion of what they think I am or who they think I am. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much power in speaking to somebody who is unbiased but is professionally trained and geared to help you unpack what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely the number one um, benefit for me. Um, I think a couple of other benefits I would say is that it kind of it, it helps you get into a routine. It gives mm-hmm. you something to look forward to. Like whatever whatever it is could be going on in your life, and you're like, Thursday I have therapy, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to um, going there and unpacking, and then when you leave from that, you're looking forward to making progress in your life, so you have something to talk about. Um, the right. next time you go, you know, you're like, oh, I made progress here, or I, I, I found clarity here, or maybe I'm still dealing with this, and th- this is still bothering me a little bit, and I, I'm trying to attack it a certain, a different way, you know what I mean? It gives you um, sort of like a place marker and a, and a checkpoint to, to refer back to, like, I get to come back here and feel X, Y, Z. So, yeah, that's, that's always been great um, to me. I've always been uh super grateful um for that for sure as a benefit of therapy just somebody unbiased and just some something to look forward to and help you establish that routine of uh checking in with yourself mentally right right that is so important (laughs) like checking in no for real because checking in with yourself mentally like I was just having a conversation with my friend like not too long ago and Mm -hmm. we were just talking about how you know, people will say, like, it's like a routine. Like, we'll text mm-hmm. somebody or we'll, you know, see somebody up the street or whatever. And be like, hey, how are you? It immediately, what, what is our first answer? I'm good. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But it's like, are you really? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we'll wake, we'll wake up or whatever, and we'll just kind of not even check with us and just be like, okay, am I good? What's going on with me internally? Like, am I, are we straight? Are we not straight? Mm-hmm. Like, what's up? And it's like a lot of people, they, there aren't, they are not connected with themselves in that manner, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it has a lot to do with, of course, all of the other races and stuff, but more so like in the black community, we don't, because we've been like hard, hard, like with the, 
no, we're good, we're strong, we're black, you know what I'm saying? We can get through this, you know what I'm saying? Especially with women as well. You're a strong black woman. Keep pushing, you know what I'm saying? You're a strong black man. You can't have any faults. You can't cry. You can't be emotional, you know what I'm saying? You're not allowed right. to. I think you're supposed to be the provider, you know? And then like, with the There's woman, no room like, for weakness. Like Exactly, exactly. So we don't have a chance, or I shouldn't say we don't have a chance, but we don't have – the the time or you know the proper people to speak to to say no we're not okay you know what I'm saying mm. and the other person if you even tell somebody you're not okay it's gonna be like well you gonna get through it you gonna get through right. it keep going you know what I'm saying and it's like no right. like something deeper in that so I'm so glad that you said that like check with yourself mentally mm. you know what I'm saying like make sure that internally you're okay you know mm-hmm. which kind of leads me <laughs> kind of leads me to to the next question like. Why do you think that, and maybe that kind of was the reason why therapy was looked looked at looked upon so down. Like people would mm-hmm. would say, "Oh yeah, I'm in therapy," and other people would be like, "What? Why?" You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I guess like, like, why do you think that therapy was looked down upon so many years in the black community? Oh man, I think that unfortunately, and I hate to harken back to this because. I think that other races might look at it like as we use this as a crutch, especially Americans, um, yeah. Black Americans. I feel like we uh, we use this as a crutch. Woo, woo, but no, it's 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 a real part of our history. Um, is that it, it dates back to slavery and it da- it dates mm-hmm. back to like mental brainwashing. Um, we not too long ago weren't even looked at as human beings. So mm-hmm. if if you're you're talking about a group of people had not only had to survive in humane conditions but also were not even looked at as human beings in the first place so on top of being brainwashed that we're not worthy or that we're human beings we're not basically not human beings we're not people we have no history we have no dignity we have no you know any anything to to latch on to to feel prideful about we had to survive through those those times as well. Mm-hmm. So there was just a, a hardening and in, in a, in a conditioning placed upon our people that basically was like, you have to be strong no matter what. You right. don't have time to, to be sad. You don't have time to grieve. You don't have time to feel bad about yourself. We have to survive. We have to make it to the next day. We have to make the next meal. We have to complete whatever mm-hmm. task it is that's going to, to sustain our life. And um, I think that 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 mindset has permeated through the generations, our great, great, great grandparents all the way down to us. Um, I think that it's starting to change a little bit more. I think there is more of a highlight on uh, mental mental health and, and um, awareness and things of that nature. But it was very strongly frowned upon uh, as as early as our parents' generation. You know, it's like they're like, what you going to therapy for? Or or we can't afford that. That's a white thing. No, yeah. th- that's that's a necessary thing. It's just that we're not provided the access to that, and be, and we're not being that we're not provided the access to that. We don't even know that it's something that we need because we don't know about it. And then the only thing you know we hear about people going to therapy, we think that's a rich people thing. You know, yeah. that's like oh no, like rich folks, rich rich white folks go to therapy. We don't go to therapy. We see people go to therapy on TV. We see therapy mm-hmm. depicted uh, more than we actually go. Um, so we've just not ha- had the access. We've not had the access, and um, we've been discriminated against. You know, for even considering ourselves to be worthy of life, uh, let alone therapy. So I think that all is just permeate. I think it. It permeated through the generations, and it's been rooted in that. You know, it's been rooted in that oppression, and um, I think that it was just a part. It's just embedded in in our culture that oh, that's some weirdo shit. Like, it's, I don't agree with that at all. Um, but I think that's probably why. But what can we do, or like, is there anything that we could do? Because even though therapy has been a big, I guess, thing or trend of today, like people still aren't seeing the importance of it. You know what I'm Mm. saying? I guess due to, you know, our ancestors being embedded in us and the things that we've seen or the things that we've heard, you know, through our parents Mm -hmm. and just how they live their lives, you know, and it's just kind of like, how do we change that? You know what I'm saying? Because 
we can see it all day long. We can hear people mm-hmm. talk about therapy. We can do all this. I can have a whole platform right now about therapy, but it still does not mean that somebody is really going to take what you're saying or what Dr. Curtis mm-hmm. is saying or what Brittany said. You know what I'm saying? It's still not, they're still not going to take it into consideration and say, dang, I really need that. Like, what do you think is going to be the turnover about people saying, okay, I really need it now? <laughs> Um, I think it starts with I think it starts with us. I think it starts with the the folks that do know um, how necessary therapy is. Um, you know, it it starts with us. I mean, I remember I remember stuff like the Dare program back in school, like you know, say no to drugs and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we all grew up and you know we've experienced our our different run-ins and um, our our different peers that have gotten into this or that, but, you know, certain things leave a lasting impression. It was because somebody was doing something about it. Um, right. so it starts with us. It starts with the people who have been to therapy, have heard of therapy, have experienced therapy and to speak about it and to let people know, Hey, you're not alone in those thoughts that you feel. You're not alone in those things that you feel. Um, I see that sometimes, you know, people will post their Instagram stories, um, certain things that are centered around mental health or certain things that are centered around certain thoughts that a lot of us have as a majority. Um, and I, it just, it, it, it's that, it's that spreading of awareness, but it's that also showing by action, leading by action and going, Hey, yeah this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. Hey, you feel like you can't afford it? Hey, here's some affordable options. Hey, this is how you can do this. Hey, this is how you can do that. It it takes us to to speak about these things and also be like kind of on the uh, the, the, the forefront of educating our, our peers. It starts with the people. It starts with us first, and then it starts with the people around us. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you kind of spread uh, from the inner inner parts of your circle and you reach out to other people who are also advocates and um, are, are aware of mental health and things of that nature um, and how important it is to monitor it um, and to nurture it and, 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 and connect the dots with those things. You know, it's no different than us sharing playlists with each other you know right we can share right. therapists we can share therapy networks we can share um platforms we can talk to our friends that maybe have been a little bit hardened by their environment and let them know hey there are affordable options for you to be able to sit and talk to some somebody and this is how it's helped me you know what i mean um that's the one thing that i think is a huge selling point when i talk to people about therapy is that you're speaking to somebody who's unbiased they don't know you you know they don't know who you are they can't really formulate an opinion on you because they don't they don't know anything about you you know so why not explore that and and kind of kind of um kind of put that information out out in front of yourself uh with somebody and help them and help them help you you know sort that through and be like you know what maybe this is why I feel this way or that way you know right and you know I know you have you have more so a lot of female friends not to say mm-hmm. that you don't have any guy friends, but you have more female friends than you do guy friends. But, you know, with the guy friends that you have, mm-hmm. is are there conversations? Because I know with women, we talk about our emotions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We talk about what we're going through and, you know, therapy right. and things of that nature. But is that a conversation that men are having? Because, you know, like you said, we share playlists and we share, you know, oh, you talk to that girl, so, so, oh, mm-hmm. I got that. You know, I just got some cutty mm-hmm. last night. You know what I'm saying? So we, talk about, <laughs> we talk about all those things, but are we really Allegedly. Therapy? Allegedly. No, um, yeah, I I think that. It really okay, so it really depends, right? Because you mm-hmm. mentioned you mentioned like uh, men and how like we've kind of been conditioned, especially black men have been conditioned to kind of like be hard, um, yeah, and be stoic all the time and things of that nature. I think that's something that I have done personally, just because I know I've had my journey with mental health. Is when mm-hmm. my friends are going through things, I I like to help them unpack. I like yeah. to help them. Um, kind of sort through what they're feeling because a lot of times, uh, uh, excuse my language, but a lot of times niggas, niggas is just like, oh, you know, uh, man, I'm straight, bro. Right. It'll be cool, bro. I'm cool, bro. I'm straight, bro. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Right. You know, what does that mean? What is, what is I'm straight, bro? Like, no, like everybody's straight if according to your metrics, and everybody's not straight. Some of us are <laughs> fucked up. 
Yeah, <laughs> some of us are not sure. doing well at all. You know, some of us are doing really, really bad. So I, I mm-hmm. think I just kind of, kind of keep in a, uh, an awareness of that. And my line of questioning with my friends is something I've been asking in the, in the recent years lately is, how's your mental health? And a lot mm-hmm. of times they'll be like, oh, man, you know, uh, oh, man, I, 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 I think I'm okay. And, and then they'll kind of unpack a little bit more yeah. than them just asking, how are you? Or how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you good, bro? You know, because it's like if you ask them how's your mental health, it really it really causes them to sit back and think, like, damn, how is my mental health? When's the last right. time I asked myself that question? You know, I, yeah. and I think I think that that's kind of uh, it. Kind of links back to the the previous question: is how do you become a part of that change? Is that you have to kind of be it? You know, when you when you're communicating with your friends. And you communicate, especially with with guys. I communicate with my friends, and I'm like, "Bro, how's your mental health? How how are you really doing? You know what I'm saying?" And I think that it's becoming a lot easier to kind of uh, open up and, and and realize that there's there's a level of vulnerability that I feel like we're all entitled to. Um, and, and I think that a lot of guys just don't know that because they've just never experienced it. They don't they don't know what that looks like for their male friends to ask them how their mental health is. You know, so I like to be a part of that change. Um, I can't speak for other people. I think I think there are people that do have those conversations, um, mm-hmm. but I know that I can be a part of that change so that it can be more normal and more normalized. And hopefully, however more successful I become, I can make that um, something that's popular and something that's that's trendy. You know, outside of outside of whatever trends we follow, let's make mental health and mental health awareness and taking care of our minds um, popular. Right, exactly. And I really like it. I really have always loved your style. Because before even that, like, you've always been a very caring person. You know what I'm saying? You've always been a person to reach out to somebody and just to see how they are, you know, Mm -hmm. to see how, you know, um, they are mentally and just emotionally and things. And Mm -hmm. um, to be that type of person, we don't have a lot of those. You know, and it's so funny to me because I hate when people say this about me. So to, to actually be saying this to, to you, it's kind of like, damn, like, all right. Well, I think I understand it now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's like we do need more people like you, you know? Yeah. And honestly, we do need more people like you. And I really love that. I really love that you take care of your friends in that way, you know. Um, so shout out shout out to you and all of your male friends because – Thank you so you, much need that we really do need that and like you said for it to be a trend just less therapy right now is being a trend everybody's talking about it everybody wants Mm -hmm. to do it you know and everybody's like you said is posting about mental health and posting about you know different exercises and our seven chakras and all that we're posting Mm -hmm. about it but are we doing it you know i'm saying like are we are we as a person if we're posting it are we actually doing it for ourselves so do you right. think that people are really doing or going to therapy because it's a trend? Or do you think people are really going to therapy because they actually see or actually see that, oh, damn, I actually really do need a heal? I think that t- therapy to the untrained eye is so terrifying that people don't do it as a trend um, because they don't – the idea of – them being vulnerable when they never have had to be vulnerable to a stranger essentially um it's not an attractive idea until you kind of unpack the stigma um that it is especially knowing that like um not every therapist is going to be for you so Mm -hmm. you know i think that people i don't i don't necessarily think they're doing it as a part of a trend but i do i do think that with mental health awareness becoming more um, of, of a topic that's highlighted, um, it's going to make people more curious. And I think that we yeah. have to kind of plant the seeds to activate those trigger words, those trigger thoughts, that curiosity of therapy and talking about therapy um, with our friends and things of that nature and, and helping them kind of open, like easing them into it, like, yeah, I went to therapy today and it was great. Da, 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 whoop. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that would be something that would be uh, an incredible catalyst for people to kind of like uh, look into that themselves. And I think that therapy is something that especially all of us uh, black women, men, uh, kids <laughs> need. No, we need it. You know, we absolutely need it. Um, 
I think that there's there's a lot of things, as great as we are as a people, there are a lot of things working against us. Um, and I think there's uh, there's a lot of unpacking that comes with that. There's a lot of healing that comes with that. We will never stop healing until the day we transition. And we need to start that process and start that journey and things of that nature with um, therapeutic practices um, and, and, and hopefully finding a therapist that is for us. Right. And I didn't mention or I did not tell you that I was going to ask you this question because I didn't even know I was going to ask you this question. And so the question <laughs> just popped into my head. Okay. Right? If you don't want to answer or if you don't want to dabble into it, I will respectfully understand and mm-hmm. we'll bleep this out, okay? I will okay. take this, I will take this part out. Okay. But with you not being in therapy now, you know, mm-hmm. and you, know, you being in therapy, you know, in 2018, when your mom transitioned, was that mm-hmm. a hard was that a hard time for you? Like did you did you feel like you had a setback or did you feel like you needed to go back to therapy? Or did those three and a half months of you being in therapy in twenty eighteen kinda help you maneuver through that, you know, through that feeling, mm-hmm. through that, you know, sadness or grief, I should say? I think that um honestly I mean, man, it, with with my with my relationship with my mother she she was a woman um who was so strong she she dealt with a lot of health issues and things of that nature but she was so strong um that there was this kind of duality um in my life uh, when she was alive that I would that I was dealing with on one end she's strong she can get through any er, everything and then on the other end my greatest fear her being her passing um mm-hmm. and, and it was like man like it was it was something that used to really 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 bother me and get under my skin and things of that nature. So uh, when it when it realized it, so I'm, to be honest, in in that's that's just something I know um, with anybody. I, even though it, it's seemingly inevitable because we all have to go one day. That's yeah. that's one of the hardest losses that anybody can ever deal with is is losing mm-hmm. a parent, um, losing an active parent. Um, that it's, it's just not, there's no amount of, there's no amount of emotional and spiritual band-aids that makes that okay. Person to person, your reactions to those things and your healing period, um, it's, it's going to, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, it's going to be different for everybody. It's not, it's, that's not a one size fits all situation. It's like, oh no, it's going to be sad for a couple of weeks and then you're going to move on. I was, uh, absolutely devastated. Um, and you know, I, I was kind of living, I would say in those first couple months. And so I was kind of living in the, in the, in the way of, um, she wouldn't want me to be sad. She wouldn't want me to be upset and, you know, things of that nature. But at the same time, it was like, bro, that's, that was my dog. That's my number one supporter. Like anybody who knew my mom, who seen my mom post my music, who seen my mom interact with me, like knew how proud of me she was. Um, so it was definitely something that, um, I didn't get over fast. I've never, never will get over. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you grow around your grief. The grief doesn't mm-hmm. go away. You know what I mean? You grow around mm-hmm. your grief. You create foundations uh, to protect the little ball of grief that you inherit. Um, I think we all have grief with us before people even pass. So it just grows, and when it materializes and it becomes a thing, it's something that we have to learn how to grow around. And um, it's one of those things that um, I feel like it wasn't it wasn't something that I immediately was like, oh, I'm you know I'm gonna go back to therapy because of this. Like I knew <laughs> I knew I needed to. Um, I had that conversation. I actually filled out. Um, that's actually what led to me. Um, meeting the therapist, meeting one of my therapists that I, I, I knew I wouldn't click with um, was me filling out a form for therapy. And I ended up having to wait like uh, three weeks or something like that for that particular appointment. And it didn't work out. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but I knew it was a, it was, it was a tough time. I knew it was going to be rough yeah. for me, you know? So I was like, man, I, I need to, I need help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something I feel like anybody I can really give a definitive answer for anybody how to get through that. One thing I do know, though, is that um, 
in that, I ended up returning back to my old therapist, um, and I discussed that with her. The last time I had discussed with her, my mom was alive, and we were discussing situations around my my parents and things of that nature. Um, so kind of kind of grieving and and healing with my my therapist after the fact definitely helped. Um, and just remembering, you know, her remember remembering my mother. Um, and her energy and how incredible of a woman she was despite her setbacks and things of that nature yeah. uh, definitely helped me get through the period to where I would say now I'm able to live my life a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not something I feel like anybody can get through easily or there's not like a clear path on how to get right. around that, though. Right. And my condolences to you to you again, Haji. Like, oh man, thank you. And I can't imagine um, going through that or being mm-hmm. even being in that space, you know. So again, my heart goes out to you. But thank you. with with other men and them not really being able to tap into the emotions due to you know the long drawn out things of them not or them not them not being able to tap into the emotions like mm-hmm. do you, why do you think it's important for black men to seek therapy oh, i think that i think that i i personally think that black men and women have such important dynamics in each other's lives mm-hmm. um me being a black man i can relate and identify with the black men uh, obviously more because I, it's a living it's a lived experience for me i know that if more of my brothers were healed or healing or actively healing or actively taking accountability for you know their actions and being able to wake up the humanity and the empathy you know within themselves that a lot of a lot of the pain that we inflict on one another would would not be as prevalent you know i think that <laughs> I, I, I can consider myself sometimes internally a hothead. But yeah. because of because <laughs> of my my value on life, I don't jump to fight, hurt, punch this guy, punch you know, hit this person. I don't jump to that. You know. Mm-hmm. Even, I, I can be upset, but because of me knowing kind of like, okay, um, knowing to take a second to, to think before I act, you know. I think those are things that you pick up in therapy. I think those are things you pick up in healing. I think those are things that you pick up in taking mental accountability for yourself. I think a lot of situations with gun violence would be less prevalent if we were like, bro, is this situation worth me taking somebody's life? Mm -hmm. Is this situation worth me ruining somebody else's family? Is this situation worth me making somebody else's mom or dad or sister, brother, cousin, auntie cry? Uh, uh, Is this situation where – and so when you start going through those thoughts, that mental process, that is it worth this? Is it worth my freedom? Is it worth somebody coming back to hurt me? Uh, you, You start thinking about life a little bit differently. You don't live in the in the reaction or the emotion of hey my anger is my everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a famous mm-hmm. Bruce Lee quote that says that um, once somebody has angered you, they they've won, they've control, they they have control over you now, you know. Yeah. And 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 it helps. I feel like I feel like therapy and I think like mental health awareness and things of that nature causes you to go okay. How do I feel? Why do I feel this way? What's the appropriate mm-hmm. action? If people took mm-hmm. 30 seconds to think like that, a lot of stuff just would not happen. You know, it would be preventable. And I think there's a lot of healing that uh, has to go on in our community, and it would be so important for us to take that angle rather than just, you know, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then, you know, next thing right. you know, you're in some shit that you can't get out of. Right, right. I completely agree, 100% agree, because even even lately, you know, there has been so many things happening within our community, you know, mm-hmm. um, literally with the young with the young lady that died in Mexico, mm-hmm. like what you know what I'm saying, like and and I know I think somebody has said that they hate they hate when other people are using the word or 
they say black on black crime or something mm-hmm. like that. But what else do we say? You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's literally what it is. Because mm-hmm. you, yes, of course you may see it in other race, races, but you don't see it as prevalent as you do in the black community. Like mm-hmm. it seems like every day we got something. You know, every day we shoot with another brother sister for what? But you know what? You know, you know what it is with the 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 black on black cr- black on black crime as as a, a phrase is a myth. Um, mm. However, however, what it is is that black people are the it topic. Right, black people right, right. drive culture. So when we fuck up, it's a big fuck up. It's in front of the world. You know, it's magnified. Um, we're not talking about who died in Asia today. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking about who died in China. We're not talking about who died in uh, uh, an African country and things of that nature. I'm talking about black American culture drives the culture. It's such a prevalent culture, such a prevalent highlighted topic in the world that when something happens with us, it's front page news. It's a big yeah. headline. It's it's this, it's that. I feel like that situation that happened with that girl in Mexico, rest her soul, um, has happened to other people um, before. Mm-hmm. However, because it's not a hot topic, because it maybe there wasn't a video recording, maybe it wasn't censored around social media, we don't hear about it, and we won't hear yeah. about it. We don't belong to those other cultures, so we won't hear about these things. And I feel like it's, it's kind of this uh, wool over our eyes type situation. Like, if you don't know, then you won't know. And, and and it causes for us to like kind of point the finger at one another. I think there mm-hmm. needs to be a healthy balance of taking accountability for the fact that yes, there are uh, members of our culture in our society that are hurting one another, and it and we need to figure this out. We need to figure out how we can stop this and we, how we can prevent this. But it's also um, understanding that the world itself is sick. You know, mm-hmm. the world itself is sick, and, it, and, it, and I don't believe that that burden uh, exclusively belongs to us. Um, that's also, uh, I feel like, some mental deprogramming and unlearning that we have to also experience as a whole and to know that we're not animals, and we're, we're more than our actions, we're more than our reactions to things, and um, we're more than our trauma. Mm-hmm. You're right, because I do, on the news and on social media, and just all that, like, you know how people say, oh, black Twitter, black Twitter always be, you know, bumping Twitter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just social media and the internet within itself. Like, you have so many entertainers, so many comedians, so many things that we 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 sell out shows. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we damn near sell out the internet, you know, mm-hmm. because if it, 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 if it wasn't for our culture, if it wasn't for us putting stuff out there, if it wasn't for us, you know, making memes, making funny videos about things that happened, you wouldn't even know about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You wouldn't even see, know about the news or anything to a certain extent, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do I do get and I do agree with what you're saying when you're saying that it's like the finger is being pointed at us. You know, we're the highlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're the mm-hmm. highlight of everything. But I, and I think that's another reason why I do think that the more we get into therapy, the more therapy is recognized in the community or the more people recognize that they do need therapy, you know, and need to right. see it. That the more healing will be placed on this world, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of afraid because when when we heal, then what people got what got to talk about? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what people got to talk about now because now because now we're healing. You know now we're evolving. Now we're doing better than the next. You know white person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now what? You know so it's just kind of like they want us to kind of be sheltered and not, you know, think about our mental health and not think about mm-hmm. feelings, not think about, you know, the self-work that we need to do. So, child, we got a whole bunch of unraveling to do. Shoot, it's oh, Christmas yeah. time. We need, we need to start unwrapping. <laughs> right, unwrapping <laughs> right, 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 right. A thousand percent. Yeah, unpack some of these gifts, man. Exactly. Exactly. The gifts that you didn't want to be real. Right? Yeah, unpack yeah. That. Yeah, but it's the it's the the necessary ones that we have to tackle to actually be able to enjoy the quality of our lives. You know, right. um, it, you can't really. It's 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 you know, life life is not black and white. You know, but if you if you don't have those bad days, it's hard to enjoy the good ones as much. You 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 might take them for granted more. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that we need to touch on, and it's not going to be 
uh, pretty process. It wasn't pretty to it wasn't pretty to indoctrinate us and to brainwash us the way that that we were. And it's been a very slow process unlearning these things. Um, but it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. It's so so rewarding. I can completely tell the drastic difference. The drastic difference between myself and some of my peers and like the older generation, the aunts, uncles, uh, you know, grandfathers and things of that nature, just older, older people in our, in our culture and how they think and how we think, you know, it's, 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 it's like black and it's like night and day. It's like yeah, night and day. For sure. And even with our parents and us, like you see some differences. We're just like, wow, you really think like that? Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, Honestly, I feel like if the more that we tap into ourselves and the more that, you know, we seek therapy, the more we can teach our parents, you right. know, and then we can kind of open up their eyes and be like, hey, this isn't right, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I know that you you only understand this or only know this because your parents, my mm-hmm. grandparents, only knew that, you know, mm-hmm. and they only knew that because they mama and daddy, you know Right, I mean? just, and, it, and it keeps going back and back and back. Exactly. So I just think that we're kind of like a fresh start in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. like we're the fresh start to to get our kids to understand that it's okay to express your emotions, you know, in mm-hmm. a healthy way. And I think that's the, that's the main thing that people forget. It's okay to express your emotions in a healthy way. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go all out and, you know, start throwing shit and doing this and doing that mm-hmm. to, you know, get somebody to listen to you. No, you right. can sit down and really express yourself in a healthy right. way. So what would this, and this is the last question, by the way, but okay. what would some advice be that you would give other black men who are skeptical, who are skeptical about seeking therapy? You're not too hard to, to seek therapy, my nigga. <laughs> you're not, Perfect. you're not, you're not, nobody is. Nobody ever will be. Um, And I know that sometimes that can be intimidating. Um, Mm -hmm. And some people don't even know where to start, honestly. Uh, But I I think that black men need to ask themselves, who do I feel like will understand me and balance my energy the best um, in me dealing with what I'm dealing with? Um, And you also don't have to be severely depressed to, to seek therapy either. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can be you can be perfectly fine and still seek therapy because I feel like it's it's a it's acknowledging that you're evolving and you always be evolving. Um, and we should never stop. We should never stop that process of evolving. Um, so yeah, man, you you you're not hard enough to to not seek therapy. You'll never be hard enough. You'll never be tough enough. Um. There just isn't there. There is no there is no ending to healing. There is no ending um, to life, to learning, and things of that nature. So why would we not want to take accountability and and, and take the reins uh, for us to grow so that we can enjoy the quality of our life? You know. Right. Perfect answer. I love it. I love you. Yeah. Look, look, let the niggas know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got to, man. Got to. <laughs> Got to be real. You know, I really, really, really appreciate you, Haji. Thank you for, you know, coming on my platform and just being able and being open to sharing, you know, your story and a little piece of you in therapy. Um, I hope and I, I'm very sure that it'll touch somebody, you know, somebody's going through something or somebody is going to listen to this and just be like, damn, all right, my nigga, you know what I'm saying? I feel you, you know what I'm saying? So I really, really appreciate it because you're opening doors, you know, and I hope that you continue to, you know, talk to even men that are are outside of your friends, you know, just Mm -hmm. people that you see and continue asking them, Hey, what's your mental health looking like? You know, because I think that's dope. I think that's dope that you really do that for real, for sure. I say thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, like I said, it starts with us. I think that when we look at things in the world, um, oftentimes we ask, uh, well, what can we do about it? You know, um, and and it starts with us. It starts with micro, micro transactions of you know what we what we buy into, what what we energetically buy into. I personally. 
like to be uh, around people who are emotionally intelligent or at least attempting to learn how to be emotionally intelligent um, just to improve the quality of my life. So even even if you don't so much care about, um, you know, trying to save the world outside of yourself, like wh- who do you want to be around and how do you want to be around them? Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's more than enough reason to reach out to your brother and to your neighbor and, and ask them, hey, what's what's going on with you, you know, and how can we how can we figure that out? I'm happy to have lent my thoughts, but I want to thank you for taking the initiative to be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, and you're incredible. You're a genius. Um, you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're lovely. And I'm really grateful to know somebody who has turned um, being a caring, sweet person uh, from making that, uh, uh, from from coming from a personality trait that you just naturally have within yourself and turning it into action. That's really incredible of you. And I appreciate you. Don't make me cry on my podcast, finally. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to make me shed a tear. Um, happy that other people are going to be able to listen to it and the other interviews that are going to be after yours. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not dropping Dr. Curtis until I'm done with actually speaking to real life black men. You know, right. I'm not saying that Dr. Curtis isn't a real life black man because obviously he is. But I'm saying like people that we know. You know what I'm saying? People yeah, it's like the icing different. on the top. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like okay, now you now you spoke to the to the person that's actually in your hood. Now let's talk to, let's talk to a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's talk to let's talk to a therapist because even then maybe maybe he will you know touch somebody and be like, oh damn, I want him as a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. gives all his information and stuff too at the end, and he's really dope. Like hi, he is so dope. He's so dope. I met him at a um. This this conference is it like this self this self help um, healing conference that I went to. Mm-hmm. He was a speaker there. He was dope. Like just the way you know how those there's certain people that just talk and the way that they talk it just kind of like pulls you in. Yeah, that absolutely. Was that was him. He just pulled. I'll be me feeling in. like that I in the mirror every day. <laughs> no. Oh, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like he really like, and I know he's like a male therapist. Like he said that mm-hmm. he has like a small handful of women that come to see him, but he's more mm-hmm. so for you know um, black men. And it's just like even then, it's just like me being a black woman. I'm like, bruh, I can I can I can put up on a, a beard in a fade real quick. You know what I'm saying? Cause I just, <laughs> we don't need to get through this. <laughs> right, right, right. Facts. We don't need Facts. to get through this. But it was just lovely. It was just lovely being able to connect with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited for other people to listen to him and listen to the things that he says. Because even me, I was like, damn, women do do that, huh? Like, he wasn't throwing shade. But it was kind of like, right. y'all women, y'all, y'all part of the reason why they don't feel like they can show their emotions. I'm like, damn, we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it was it was a really cool it was a really cool talk, you know, and the things that he says, I know there's gonna be some women to listen and be like, uh uh-uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have the men be like, Yeah, talk to him, yeah. you know. But so. you know what? We need that though. We need that though, yeah. because that's that the conversation that's kind of the conversations that like spark the healthy healthy debates. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. healthy to debate. It's healthy to debate. Not to argue, but to debate. Like, no, nah, right. like, I feel like this. Why do I feel this way? I've had so many different, you know, conversations with the opposite sex. And I think that's why I love being around women so much. And I have so many female friends is because they, they, um, I think I have, I think I naturally as have a feminine, uh, friendly energy anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel, I feel like women, help me unpack the complexities of my nature you know I think a lot of men you know men are kind of like stoic they're kind of like the foundations they're like the houses you know women are the adornments are the the pleasantries 
the the fine threaded uh, 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 sheets, the bed that we sleep in, you know, hey, where men, men, men is kind of, you know, men, men, men are kind of like the house, and yeah, you could sleep on the floor, but it might fuck your back up, and you know, what I'm right. saying like both both are necessary, but we need both to to create that mm-hmm. perfect balance. Like, oh no, nah, this is this is what it's supposed to be, you know? Right, right, yay, mm-hmm. yay, and I ain't even gonna lie. I said that was the last question, but I might put this little bit in there too. Cause listen, you, <laughs> you, you just dropped some gems right there, my boy. Okay, you got got gotta do it sometime. <laughs> Man, I told y'all it was gonna be a good one, and it was, yo, Haji. I ain't gonna lie. He spit out some gems, man. <laughs> he spit some gems, but really, he was really vulnerable. And he shared his experiences and just the journey that he's been currently in. So I am really, really, really happy that he decided to come up here and just share his story with me. I'm forever grateful for him. So shout out to you, Haji. And shout out to every other Black man, every other Black woman that is still out here, regardless of where you've been or where you're going or the obstacles that you may have. And you're still out here exceeding while Black. Peace and love, y'all. I'm out.